RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Seven PM Pacific, ten PM Eastern. Seems like a perfect time to talk Trek. It's Mission Log Live. I'm John Champion, and I'm Ken Ray. That's what we do on Mission Log Live. We talk Star Trek. Sometimes with a guest, sometimes to each other, but always with you. You help drive this conversation. How do you do that? Well, there are a few ways available. You can click on the link to join the Zoom meeting, or you can use the one tap from your smartphone. You can also call us. Let your fingers do the walking at 646-558-8656, 646-558-8656, and enter the meeting code that you'll find in the show description and the comments. This week... We're happy to be joined by Kaylee Acovino, the second volcanologist we've had on the show. Uh, that's not why she's here, though. She's here because she is a big-time Trekkie, or maybe even a Trekker. Maybe we could ask her that later. She's actually the editor of TrekMovie.com, which has been a busy site over the past few days. Uh, the expansion of Alex Kurtzman's deal with CBS, the rumors of Patrick Stewart dusting off his Englishman playing a Frenchman accent to reprise his role as Jean-Luc Picard, no shortage of news to discuss. So get your questions in now. Join our Zoom meeting. Use the one tap from your smartphone or call 646-558-8656. So thank you to everyone who is joining us as the show happens on Facebook or YouTube. And thank you to the people who are catching the video later on Facebook and YouTube as well. And finally, thanks to the people who have found the audio-only version of the show. That goes into its only, its very own podcast feed on Tuesday night, eh, Wednesday morning. Just search for Mission Log Live wherever you get podcasts. Or make it easy, so easy. Go to podcast.roddenberry.com where you will find links to all of our shows. Mission Log, Mission Log Live, The Trek Files, Women at Warp, and Priority One. And one last request. Wherever and whenever you're watching or hearing this show, head to the source. Hit like, hit share, write a review. Heck, give us five stars while you're at it. Share the love is what we're saying. Because what the world needs now is love. Sweet love. Oh. <laughs> so uh, last week, there was no poll question. Not unlike the week before. Mm-hmm. And this week, we had this crazy idea, though. Maybe we'll go ahead and do a poll question like we used to do. Uh, apropos of our guest, I think I used that term correctly. Uh, do you follow Star Trek rumors? Now, there are two choices here. Mm. Yes and No. Uh, yes, I like to guess. No, I like to watch. So the question, do you follow Star Trek rumors? Yes, I like to guess. No, I like to watch. On our Facebook page, you'll find a link to the full question and go there and uh, and click yes or no. It really couldn't be much easier. Uh, a few notes before Kayla Iacovino joins us and before you join us as well. We had said last week that we were doing Trivia Night in Sansar this week. Well, we were doing Trivia Night in Sansar this week. However, uh, that's been moved. It's still in Sansar, but it's been moved on the calendar. Uh, Thursday, the 5th of July at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. Still going to be on the Bridge of the Enterprise in Sansar. And if you haven't seen that, that's reason enough to show up. But then, of course, you can also show up your, your, your trivia expertise. Um, as I say, 
Thursday, the 5th of July, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. If you have not signed up for your free account yet at Sansar, uh, you can do that at sansar.com. Then have a look at the events page for our trivia night and all the other great events uh, coming to you in Sansar. By the way, can I just look at the poll? And right now, the yes, I like to follow the rumors and guess, hitting at 52%, the no's 47%. I, I don't know how we ended up with 1% off. There's yeah. somebody doing a half vote somehow. I don't know how you do that. Kind of cool, though, because they worked 47 into the poll. They did. <laughs> that is that is pretty special. And I do want to say hi to everybody who is joining us and are talking to us right now. Uh, our old friend, Tracy Lee Coco, right there in the chat. Brett, Robert, Will, David, Kim, Carlos, so many people saying hello. We're so glad to have you with us here tonight. I want to give everybody a quick note, uh, particularly the regular Mission Log listeners. We have a holiday coming up, so there won't be a regular Mission Log episode on July 5th. But please stick around. We will still have a live show on July 3rd and on the 10th. Then we'll pick up with the regular mission on Thursday, July 12th with the DS9 episode, Dramatis Personae. Now... It seems like that's all of the announcing that we could do before we actually get to the meat of the show. But we have <laughs> one more announcement that breaks up into two or three different announcements. Uh, we mentioned last week that in the third week of July, we'll be in San Diego for Comic-Con. Looks like John and I get to take part in a couple of panels. And we should be with other members of the Roddenberry Podcast Network as well. Uh, their schedule has not been posted yet, so we can't say much more. But if you will be there, Mission Log comic-con tell your friends and then of course uh coming up in august uh it's it's like christmas <laughs> but in august and without the presents but with liquor uh star trek las vegas of course happening the first week of um the first week of august actually preview night is the 31st i believe of july so if you're one of those special captains people uh, we'll actually be on the show floor on uh, tuesday the 31st and then we'll be on the masquerade floor later that night um, be at the Rottenberry table the whole time, of course. We will also have panels uh, that we'll be part of. Other events popping up, uh, of course, as it draws closer. So uh, so do keep in touch with us. Like I say, we will be at the Rottenberry table. We will be at our panels. And we will probably be at the Masquerade Bar. See, it's, it's funny that you would mention it like that, because I, I say uh, we'll be at the Masquerade Bar. Mm. And we'll probably be at the Rottenberry table <laughs> and maybe at our panels. Sounds accurate. Okay. Let's talk to our special guest. You know something? It's kind of amazing to see a friend who is great at what she does and just has success after success after success. Tonight, I'm so proud to welcome Dr. Kayla Iacovino. She's an accomplished volcanologist who has studied all over the world, including stints in Antarctica and North Korea. That's cool on its own, and we could do a whole show about that, but she's also here because she's a Star Trek fan, and what's more, she is the editor of one of the most popular websites out there, trekmovie.com. You might have heard us mention that before, like at the end of every episode of Mission Log, because they are a fantastic news site, and they are great partners of ours. And she's also the host of ShuttlePod Podcast. Um, I do not understand her commitment to time management at all. I think that would be a good question tonight. So Kayla has her finger on the pulse of what's happening in the world of track, and it is our pleasure tonight to welcome her and you, the viewing audience, to talk about what's 
happening in the world of track. Kayla, welcome to the show. Thanks, John. That was uh, quite an introduction. I hope I can live up to it. <laughs> I'm, I'm buying for the job. If I can just introduce you at all the events that you do, then, you know. With, You're with, hired. Uh, great. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, actually, Carlos in the chat is already saying uh, Kayla is cool as Kirk. So I'll know. take it. I'll take it. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's dive in. Ken, you got the questions, Rocket. I do. Yeah, I, I see them. Well, I mean, here's the question that I tend to ask everybody who comes on first, not so much to you know show off their bona fides because we've already said what a lot of yours were. But I guess what I'm wondering is how did you actually come to track? I mean, just just to start. Sure. Um, like a lot of people, Star Trek was something that I grew up with. Um, I like to say I'm a TNG baby. I grew up with Next Generation on my TV. Um, so I was born right as the Next Gen was starting on television during its first run and my parents were Trekkies. So every week they would have their friends over and watch the next generation. And so it was kind of just like always around in my life. And as I got older, I started watching it with my mom and dad and started watching it on my own. And, you know, then there's so much more Trek to dive into. And by the time I was an adult, you know, most of Trek on television had been aired and I was able to, you know, just go back and watch all the stuff I had missed. So, Talk to me. I mean, we're going to get to the cool rumor stuff that's going on right now, and I certainly want people to remember that they can get in touch with us and do that as well. Talk to me, though, about uh, what part does Trek play in science for you? What part does science play in Trek for you? I mean, which, obviously, you said you grew up with Trek, so that came first, but uh, did one lead to the other somehow? Does one reinforce the other somehow? Talk to me about those two parts of your life uh, coming together. Yeah, I think... It's interesting because for me, they're very intertwined. Um, when I would watch Star Trek as a kid, one of the things that always spoke to me about the show were the scientific aspects. So watching, uh, you know, the scientific method more or less uh, be used to solve problems. And this idea of linking exploration and discovery with science was always really appealing to me. So it's this idea that science is the thing that's uh, the, the way that we accumulate knowledge and Starfleet was using that, using science as a diplomatic tool to go out into the universe, meet new cultures, make friends, um, and follow, you know, the tenets of the scientific method. Um, and so that is something that I always kind of glom glommed onto. And when, when I was getting ready to go to college, I was choosing between going into film. I thought I fancied myself a filmmaker or going into some kind of scientific field. And I actually did do one semester of film school. And by the time I finished that semester, as much as I loved it, I knew that I missed doing science. And I thought, cause, cause the, and at, at the end of the day, I just wanted to go do Star Trek for my career. So I thought either I'll make Star Trek, you know, I'll make science fiction shows and movies, or I'll do Star Trek as in, I'm going to go be a scientist and explore the universe. And in the end, the science kind of won out. And so it was like, I could either do, you know, fake science on you know science fiction on tv or i could go do the real science and so for me that's really where my heart was let me ask well so then you said go out in space and uh, forgive me volcanology and uh, searching the stars don't necessarily seem to go hand in hand how did you end up where you ended up well it's funny i when i began down the scientific track. I didn't know what science I was going to do. And frankly, geology, it was never something I considered as a career. Um, 
I kind of fell into it uh, by chance. I, I found out about this new program at my university that was called the School of Earth and Space Exploration uh, at Arizona State University. And it had just begun. And I was like, uh, duh, that sounds amazing. Like, let's sign up for that. I'm going to go be an astronaut. Right. And I took this class that was astronomy and geology combined, like Astro 101, Geo 101 class. And what I learned is that yeah, I really love both of these things, but I wanted to choose one or the other and really focus. And I remember realizing that in astronomy, when you're, ex- you're exploring the stars, but the way that you do it, the tools that you use to do it are, you know, things like telescopes and computers, because that's, that's the way that we can access the stars in 2018. And so I wanted to go and be able to, because I watched the geologists, you know, walk up to an outcrop of rock on the surface of the earth, pick up the thing that they're studying, you know, put their nose up to it. And that was, I'm a really tangible person. Like when I'm in museums, I have trouble not touching everything. I just like, that's how things are real for me. And so when I realized, you know, that the way that we're exploring the universe through geology is this tangible thing you can walk up to with the thing you're studying and touch it. And that felt more real to me. And I felt like I was more connected to it that way. You know, and of course, if we want to learn about other planets in the solar system and other planets beyond our solar system, we have to understand how planets work. And that's what geology is, is how planets themselves work. Um, so really, right now, we're in this really cool time where geologists are just beginning to take what we know about the Earth and try and translate that to what's happening outside our solar system, which is really, really cutting edge stuff. And so we're kind of combining the tools that astronomers use and the tools that geologists use. So it's a pretty exciting time to be a geologist, actually. Well, clearly you learned a lot from Star Trek, because if we learned anything from that show, it's that uh, if you're on a strange planet that you want to study, you should immediately pick something up and put it in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what uh, that's Starfleet 101 is uh, taste the universe. So, I mean, yeah. And if you're a geologist, you're probably going to be a red shirt anyway. So. You know, <laughs> might as well go ahead and taste the planet. Yeah, good. Uh, one of our regular listeners here, Kim, says, Kayla, is that a NASA shirt? And, well, yeah, we might as well go ahead and show. Indeed, Kim, that is a NASA yep. shirt. Yep. There it is. There it is, Kim. Got to rep <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite government agencies. Absolutely. And, and by the way, so thank you for that, Kim. A reminder to all the folks who are listening and watching live right now, call in with your own questions and comments. All you need to do is pick up the phone, call 646-558-8656 and enter the meeting code or just click the Zoom link and that will connect you directly to the show and to our technical director who will patch you in. All right, Kayla, we've talked about your science uh, bona fides a bit. Let's talk about Trek. So uh, how long have you been with TrekMovie.com? I have been with TrekMovie.com since 2007, so 11 years now at this point. And I started um, writing a science column for Trek Movie. Uh, like every week, I would write about what was going on in science and eventually started sort of taking on more responsibilities. So, yeah, lately I've been uh, acting as the editor-in-chief, trying kind of overseeing most of the stuff that goes through the site, along with a lot of people that, you know, it definitely takes a village to run that site. So I want to shout out to everyone that works on the site. 
Right, for sure. Yeah. So Trek movie has been around since, well, the anticipation of the first J.J. Uh, Abrams Star Trek movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, you came in right around that time, like you said, writing science columns. And now, I mean, it, it really is where the granddaddy of Star Trek news and rumors sites. Um, but you guys have a pretty good track record of sifting out <laughs> those two. So talk to us about the most recent stuff that's been going on, because we got sort of a news dump exactly a week ago. We barely touched on it on our show last week, our live show. But um, I figured we should have an expert on to talk about exactly what was announced and what the impact is for Trek yet to come. Sure. So, yeah, I'll kind of give you a summary rundown of what's going on right now. The big the big thing in the Trek world is and I say this and I do not think this is hyperbolic to say that we got the biggest news in the Star Trek world that we've had in the last decade, basically since the announcement of the Kelvinverse films, in my opinion. And that is that. Star Trek is getting essentially an extended universe on television. So the announcement that CBS made was that Alex Kurtzman, who is um, right now the showrunner for Star Trek Discovery and has been uh, part of the Star Trek Discovery team since it began, since before season one, Alex Kurtzman's deal with CBS has been extended for an additional five years. And that covers a lot of things because he has other shows with CBS. But one of the things specifically mentioned is that Chrisman will be tasked with overseeing the extension of Star Trek for television. And that includes um, new series, miniseries, um, and other content possibilities, things like animation. Um, and there were a number of pitches that were rumored to have been put forth. Um, so there's kind of two news nuggets there. The one is the official press release, which is this Alex Kurtzman deal is happening. That's officially from the mouth of CBS um, and that we are getting these new series. And it it seems likely that one of the main things we're going to see is mini series that can act as a buffer or I don't want to say filler, but uh, sort of tie people over between seasons of discovery. I think that's a really obvious um, place that they want to add some more content. So keep you subscribed to all access so that you don't, you know, buy CBS All Access and then cancel your sub at the end of the season and then sub back right before the next season. So they want to keep content flowing on that. And it sounds also like they want to expand the their market demographic, essentially. So Star Trek has, you know, a specific demographic traditionally. Um, and currently that skews older um, because we have a lot of fans that were fans of the original show in the 60s. The, the JJ movies did bring on um, younger, younger, younger audience, but they, it seems like they're also trying to target the like teen audience and maybe even ki- more kids of uh, this generation with like an animated series. So, okay. So that's the official line. <laughs> and then, and then the rumors and there's a ton of rumors and some of them have more ground than others. Um, but there were uh, a number of pitches rumored to be in progress. And what this sort of um, felt like to us was it was almost like, uh, uh, you know, during the pitch meeting, they had a whiteboard where they had written all their ideas. And then someone like took a picture of the whiteboard and sent that to Variety and the Variety. You know what I mean? It almost was just like any show we could make. So they, these shows might never be made. They might be in talks with people to make them. We have no idea what level they're at. Um, the main ones are the biggest one right now is um, a 
Captain Picard show. And we <laughs> over at uh, the shuttle pod, we like to call it old man Picard. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so an old man Picard show, which has uh, rumored to have Patrick Stewart attached. Um, and so this one, I think we could dive into a little bit because this is one of the big rumors. Um, and, and, and there's been more chatter around this pitch than anything else. Well, yeah, one of our listeners, uh, David, actually texted while you're talking and said, is the Patrick Stewart thing more in the rumor column at this point? Or, and it, it, it sounds like it's, it's a rumor, but there's something behind it. Yeah, that's exactly what I would say. So it's definitely a rumor. Um, but there are a couple of things that made us think, okay, maybe there is actually something moving on this. First of all, it was in the original, um, again, rumor, it was a rumored list, but there was a rumored list that was published by Variety and Hollywood Reporter. Um, so there are multiple sources talking about uh, various rumored pitch ideas. And I believe this showed up on more than one. So that's one, one angle of it. Um, the second is, and this could be nothing, but a couple of weeks ago, Patrick Stewart was being interviewed on camera, um, just a short interview with him. And the interviewer asked, and this is before the Kurtzman announcement. And someone asked him, uh, do you have, have you watched Star Trek Discovery? And what do you think of it? And he kind of looked at the interviewer and he gave this really sly look and he said, no, I haven't seen it, but I might very soon have a reason to. Oh, oh and okay. at the time we all thought, oh, it's probably nothing. He probably just means, you know, I'm interested in the show um, or maybe that one of his previous TNG co-stars would cameo on it. Um, you know, we didn't think it was likely that he would have a cameo. So we were kind of like, this is a bit weird. And then when this rumor came out that maybe someone at CBS has been talking to Patrick Stewart, it's like, okay, well, maybe th this is what he meant. Um and this again, this could be a live action thing. This could be an animated thing. Patrick Stewart has done a lot of voice work for animation. Um, and that's certainly an easy way to, if we didn't want to do an old man Picard series, if we wanted to do a young Picard series, you could bring him, you could bring Patrick Stewart in as voice talent, you know, and it's much easier to do that in animation. Um, and so then there are even more rumors surrounding it. So at the time we thought, okay, so maybe. This is something someone's thinking about. Recently, last couple of days, I think it was the Express in the UK, which is sort of not the best resource for most things <laughs> and even less of a good resource for Star Trek news. But they cited a LA source who said that um, Patrick Stewart was in talks about this show with CBS and that they were close to striking a deal. And that there was going to be announcements soon. It made it sound like they're going to announce it. You know, if you read between the lines, it sounds like they were saying there's going to be an announcement at San Diego Comic Con um, about the show that's like about to the deal is going to be inked. And now that may very well be true. It just hasn't been reported by a source that has any real credibility when it comes to these things. So that part of it is a big, well into the rumor category. The the, the part where it says that Stewart is close to signing a deal that you know, that's could that's who 50 knows? 50 chance. I think yeah. who knows? Yeah. I mean, it seems like no matter how you slice it, this is all good news for Star Trek and the respect that Kurtzman as the, the executive producer here uh, has been given a deal to create more content across multiple platforms. You know, you have animation, 
live action with Discovery. You've got uh, uh, potentially like mini series. Uh, there was the the con thing that had been talked about for a long time. Um, and to your point, and to uh, uh, what some of the people in the chat have been saying. This is such a good idea to get people who maybe have been hesitant to get into CBS All Access, but if there's something there that they're familiar with, if it's something that ties to Next Generation or an animated series that ties to a new audience of uh, of younger viewers who then might stick around and say, what is this Star Trek Discovery thing all about? So hopefully they're they're using a bridge to get them interested in something else that expands that Star Trek universe quite a bit more, very much like Star Wars. You know, um, I I grew up on the original Star Wars trilogy, and I, I have people all the time telling me, oh, you have to watch Star Wars Rebels. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to watch the, it, it just because the story keeps going and it adds so much more texture to what's there in between the movies, which is uh, is super cool. So I don't really see any downside to this at all. We're we're light on details, but we know that there's more coming and it's not just do a series and finish it and then wait several years and then do a series and finish it and then wait several years. And maybe there's a movie in there in between or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like with all these TV announcements, there's also news happening on the movie side where you've got uh, Zachary Quinto and Simon Pegg talking about what might be coming up for a fourth Star Trek movie in the JJ universe. Yeah. So it's funny because you have these two, you know, you have uh, something that um, a lot of Trekkies do know and a lot of don't is this sort of business side to the CBS Paramount Star Trek world. And that's important just because it gives a little context to the news that's happening on these two fronts. So for those of you that don't know, the television property of Star Trek and and I think all of the merchandise licensing is owned by CBS. The movie property, and I think only the movie property, is owned by Paramount. Those two used to be the same company when they were under Viacom. They split, and lately there were talks to try to get the two companies to merge back in together. So Viacom would be a thing again, or at least CBS and Paramount would be back together. And so there was this idea that maybe the whole Star Trek franchise would be under the same roof. Um, and so that's why it's one of the reasons that like the JJ verse seems really disconnected from a lot of the TV stuff because business wise and licensing wise it is, and also there are some. It's really complicated. I don't think anyone actually understands all the licensing rules, uh, even the people at CBS and Paramount. But like, <laughs> if CBS wants to write a show about Khan, there's a question of can they use characters from the movie uh, franchise and things like that. So it's really complicated. Um, but basically what happened recently, to put this in context, is that CBS and, Par- and Paramount tried to merge and it failed miserably like it was a complete disaster they were fighting um over who was going to be in charge and in the end they walked away and said this isn't happening so the merger is not going to happen and what it feels like is happening and now this part is just conjecture on my part but what feels like is happening is is cbs and paramount are both kind of saying hey we have this property you know we love this property look how good we're treating star trek you know it means so much to us they're kind of showing off a little bit. And so CBS has this huge announcement about what they're doing with television. And at the same time, Paramount is kicking out more little tidbits of information about what's happening for the next, uh, for the fourth JJ verse film, fourth Kelvin verse film. Um, and there were, 
at one point there were like at least three different scripts that were out there um, being written for a fourth movie. It wasn't, none of them had been a green lit um, and it's not clear exactly what that movie is going to look like, but there's still one of those three that people are really excited about is this one by that was kind of overseen by Quentin Tarantino. And they did get a group of writers together to write this Quentin Tarantino produced, I guess, maybe directed uh, Star Trek movie. And um, now you hear people like Chris Pye and Zachary Quinto talking about the possibility of that actually happening. So there's definitely things moving forward in the Star Trek movie universe, but it's still not clear exactly what that fourth movie is going to look like or when it would come out or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, as I recall, there was a, uh, at the press junket for Star Trek Beyond, they were actually talking about how, yeah, we're, we're ready to go with Star Trek Four, and it just sort of sounded inevitable. Then Star Trek Beyond came out, and it didn't quite perform the way they expected it to, so all of a sudden, the momentum behind a Star Trek Four sort of died down. Now what we've got just... Seemingly out of nowhere, there was an announcement to do a fourth and fifth film kind of back to back. But like you just said, the Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino thing was its own thing. Um, so it seems like there's all this development uh, kind of goes back to our poll question about the rumors. Do you read rumors or do you just sit back and watch the shows as they come? I, I think particularly with the Tarantino, this is one of those where I say, OK, well, I'll believe it when I see it because I don't necessarily know how to lend much credence to it until there's a poster, there's a trailer and there's a release date and we know what's actually happening. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I think a lot of the stuff with the movies right now is still very much up in the air. So, you know, if someone tells you that certain things are definitely happening, um, I feel like, you know, I wouldn't hang my hat on anything at this point, uh, except for that. It's, you know, very likely there's going to be a fourth movie. Um, and, uh, yeah. And it's funny that you bring up, um, all the press they were doing after right before beyond premiered, right around the time of beyond premiere, um, JJ Abrams was on camera and almost looked like he was just kind of making stuff up on the spot. And he was like, Oh, Hey, yeah, no, we have a fourth movie. And it's like, we already know the story and, uh, Chris Helmsworth's going to be in it and it's going to be great. And, um, everyone was like, Oh my gosh. Okay. So they were already talking about the it sounds like like he made it sound like some for the fourth movie was greenland and they were in production and which was not true yeah and i, I don't know i mean it, there's there's one of two things happen either kind of like you said they had this momentum and then the underperformance of beyond stopped that or my personal feeling is that there wasn't really any momentum to begin with and that it was I could be wrong, but it just seemed very much like it was kind of JJ just saying, hey, go see Beyond because there's going to be a fourth movie and everything is great and everything's fine and it's fine. Like, go see the movie. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if that was ever even a thing. And But now that there's this whole that he's put this idea out, out there that, you know, Chris Helmsworth is going to come come back and play, uh, you know, Kirk's father. Um, but like. Uh, you know, I don't, do they have a, we don't know what his contract says. If he's not contractually obligated to do that, you know, it's going to cost a lot more to get him back now that he's big and famous. Yeah. He's making Marvel money at this point. Yeah. I mean, but, but then, so is Zoe Saldana, you know, her, her cost is going up. Um, I think Zoe and Chris Hemsworth are probably like the two people whose 
whose star has risen the most since the JJ verse began. Um, so like, that's a big part of it. You know, it's like the, the I, I like to think about what's happening in the business side. It kind of puts things into context and helps you, you kind of predict what's going to happen. Cause you have to remember things like, um, you know, just paying to get all of the cast back is going to cost a lot to make this fourth movie. Um, and there were some, I think Zach and Chris had signed some kind of a thing saying they, they would be extended to a fourth movie, but I don't know if, if, you know, their, if their salaries are built into that or what. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of ambiguous and complicated, but, and the other thing of course is, um, you know, and it's sad to talk about, but it's going to be a big glaring issue. What about Anton Yelkin who, who died before beyond premiered? Um, you know, what are they going to do with the character of Chekhov? And I mean, maybe they'll dedicate the film to him, but what, what do you do in universe? Cause you, he can't just be gone and they can't just not talk about it. Yeah. We've got a little bit of business that we need to do. I got a couple of things before we even get to that though. So I'm going to say we got something to do, but before we we're do gonna the thing, we other thing, we're going to do another thing before first. Right. Thing. Okay. I want to remind people that they can get in touch with us. Uh, click the zoom meeting link or use the one tap from your smartphone or call us 646-558-8656. 646-558-8656. If you want to pitch a Star Trek series, this is my suggestion to you. Because in talking to Kayla, there were two ideas that occurred to me. First of all, when she said the Captain Picard show, well, that's just like the uh, Brady Bunch variety hour. I think the Captain Picard show, he comes out, he does a few jokes, he introduces friends. They're really awkward sort of comedy bits. So that might be fun. Mm -hmm. The other one, though, is uh, she said he could just be like he's older, but you don't want to do old man Picard. He could be a voice uh, talent. Uh, I couldn't help but think about the Wonder Years. Oh, yeah. Nice. nice. You see a young Picard falling in love. You see a young Picard stealing a motorcycle. Wait, that's a young Kurt. Anyway, Uh that was a car, actually. Whatever. Uh, So call in with your own ideas for a series or with questions about science or your favorite Star Trek rumor. Uh, Join the Zoom meeting. Uh, Use the one tap from your smartphone or call 646-558-8656. Yeah, look, I I see people in the chat with all kinds of opinions. Yeah. So, uh, you know what? Put your money where your mouth is. Call in. Let's chat. Let's uh, let's get those opinions out there so we can uh, we can talk about them. And if you don't, we will read them from the chat room. So we're not going to be punitive <laughs> about the whole thing. Come on. Uh, we do want to remind you about this thing that we have where you can go and sort of deck yourself out. Uh, deck with Trek, I suppose you could say, mm, or Trek-esque stuff. It is the shop at uh, the Mission Log Podcast website which can be found missionlogpodcast.com. And then you click on shop in the upper right-hand corner. Our friend Carl Huber just does some crazy work, some crazy good work. It's not just crazy. He does some crazy good work. Sometimes it's crazy, but it's, you know, it's cool. Uh, Tell, tell people, John, uh, the kinds of things that they can find there. Uh, Well, so you might find isolinear John and Ken. Actually, I'm certain that you will find isolinear John and Ken. Uh, You'll find carbon chauvinism, the reinvention of carbon chauvinism to go along with that. The newest item that we put up was Silicon supporter. I believe that that was a a special request on your part that we, uh, we needed that to counteract the uh, carbon chauvinism. Uh, We have, uh, look, your favorite lieutenant, my favorite lieutenant. She's actually watching the show right now. That's Jay. 
and a fabulous piece of art that you can wear on a shirt or get on a sticker. You got Bonk Bonk on the Head since 1966. You've got Nova Squadron. You have the Ditalics Mining Corporation. You've got the old favorites, Cool as Kirk, Ethos Pathos Logos. Uh, special shout out to Tech the Tech as well. Um, Holly, earlier, right before the show, sent a photo of the J shirt along with a Tech the Tech mug. I was really glad to see that. So, I haven't actually asked Tracy if she's going to be at STLB this year. Yeah. I have this dream that she's there, maybe wearing a Lieutenant J shirt, but then a bunch of us are also with her, also wearing Lieutenant J shirts. And it's like the opposite of where's Waldo? Where isn't Lieutenant J? <laughs> uh, would be what that picture would be. Uh, new items in the shop coming up all the time. Of course, the thing to do is go to missionlogpodcast.com, click in the upper right-hand corner where you will see shop, and then shop away. Oh, we keep talking about T-shirts. It's not just T-shirts. It's mugs. It's stickers. It's notebooks. And tapestries. And it's tapestries. tapestries. Yeah, John's tapestries. particularly proud of the yeah. tapestries. Mm-hmm. So, so please buy two of those, won't you? <laughs> Tons of stuff to check out and make your own. Uh, missionlogpodcast.com and then click shop and shop away. I, all right. I don't want to bring us down, but I, I, I did have another thing come up during the conversation that, uh, that uh, John and Kayla were having earlier. Kayla Iacovino, by the way, is our guest. Yes, she's a scientist. Yes, she's the editor of trekmovie.com. Uh, she's got her finger on the pulse of all of the, uh, of the rumors and speculations about upcoming Star Trek stuff. There was, first of all, a comment in the chat room that occurred to me. Uh, somebody else brought it up. I don't remember who. I apologize because it passed by a little while ago. But when John said he didn't see a downside to all of the track that's coming out, uh, I personally enjoyed Solo, a Star Wars story. And Solo, a Star Wars story, didn't perform that well. It only made several hundred million, not several, several hundred million dollars. <laughs> and so now, all of a sudden, the Ben Kenobi movie that we were supposedly getting is, is on hold. The Boba Fett movie we're Boba supposedly Fett. getting is on Nowhere is the <laughs> answer to your implied question. <laughs> Boba Fett, nowhere, because, yeah. you know, suddenly people didn't go see the Han Solo movie to quite the tune that Disney had anticipated. The other thing that I wonder about, because I'm that guy... What is all of this Star Trek leading people to? I mean, Star Trek and Star Trek, the animated series, led people to next gen, which, you know, started in a place and ended theoretically in a better place. Um, Deep Space Nine, we're only really getting into studying now. There are episodes that feel very Star Trek to me and episodes that don't. I have said plenty of times there are lots of discovery that doesn't feel particularly Star Trek to me. And now if you come to me and say, well, they're going to be five series and people are going to be wearing some form of Delta and they're going to be you know, taking place in the Federation universe. I guess the question that I have is, are, what kind of stories are we going to be telling? And I, I put this question to John, to Kayla and to anybody who wants to call in. Um, do you have any concern that more Star Trek doesn't necessarily mean better Star Trek or even Trek as we know it? Yeah, I definitely have a a lot of thoughts about that, if I may. Um, uh, I think it's a really good question. And I think it's definitely something on everyone's mind because a a lot of people are saying kind of what John said. This is great. I'm all in for this. Some people are completely on the opposite side of the spectrum saying this is terrible. Uh, Either I don't like the people involved or I don't like 
the things that they're being pitched. Um, and then there's people in the middle. I skew more towards the optimistic side. Um, and I have to admit, there's a part of me that heard some of these rumored pitch ideas. The, well, the one, the one that got me really was that there's there's a rumored pitch for a show about Starfleet Academy, which has been something that's been thrown around in the Star Trek world since oh, since the seventies. Yeah, yeah, since like motion picture before the motion picture. Um, so this idea has been around for a long time, and now they're talking about creating it. And the interesting thing about this pitch is that there were allegedly two creatives attached to it. Um, and there are two people who have made shows, some hit shows for the CW, like Gossip Girl, I think, and some others that have done really, really well. But when I heard CW, which is co-owned by Warner Brothers and CBS, I thought, okay, so are they developing a show for the CW? And my first thought was, oh, God, no, that would be terrible because that's so different than any Star Trek that's been made. And a lot of CW shows, I mean, they have a formula. It's you know aimed at teens, and it's usually 30-something models playing 18-year-olds who have a lot of drama and angst. And they put them in some universe and they tell stories surrounded, you know, surrounding that. Um, and that would be, if they make a Star Trek that's CW Star Trek, that Star Trek is going to be the first time in the history of the franchise where a Star Trek television show or movie has been made not for me. It will be made for someone 15 years younger than me or 20 years younger than me. And it might be great and they might love it, but I might watch this and think, yeah, you know, this is terrible. This is not my Star Trek. Get off my lawn. Um, and the more I thought about it, the more, because the, the business half of my brain is like, that's a great idea. You want to target all the demographics, you know, just throw all these things out there, get the kids, get the tweens, get the older folks who are um, really tied to TOS and, you know, give them a Wrath of Khan show. Um, but then the, the part of me that's been a Star Trek fan my whole life and has always watched Star Trek that's made for me, you know, um, uh, American, you know, white, you know, as, as diverse as Star Trek is, you have like the, the fan base skews a certain way. Right. And I admit that I'm part, heavily part of that demographic. Like, like it's a, it's an American, it's typically an American show. For example, it doesn't play that well internationally. Um, partly cause like TOS is, is, you know, this very sort of American, uh, Kennedy dream. era optimism. Yeah. 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 And this, yeah. So there's a lot of the trappings of that in there. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it just has guided a lot of the way the show has been made. And so if they make something else on television, you know, but then you think about it though, I don't read all the novels. The novels certainly aren't written for me necessarily. Um, and I think they're great. It's just not my favorite part of the franchise. I mostly like the television show and that's been okay. So why all of a sudden when I hear about the CW show, am I freaking out like, no, this I'm, I'm just quitting life. <laughs> and I kind of realized like, okay, it's, I think it's going to be okay. And you know what? Even if they make a show and it sucks, even if they make a Wrath of Khan show and it sucks, it's not, it's like I always say when a new Star Trek show comes out and there are people going, not hashtag, not my Star Trek. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, but it's Star Trek. And guess what? And when people say it ruins, Star, you're ruining Star Trek. It's like, oh, no, guess what? Break. 
Yeah. Guess what? Star Trek is so great that it will stand up on its own. Even if a bunch of crap comes after it, you can't ruin the original series or Next Generation or DS9 or any of those because they're there and they're never going to change and they're never going away. That stuff is always there. It's fascinating. There was a woman that we talked to or that I talked to. I think you were away from the table, actually. But there was a woman that I talked to in uh, Vegas a few years ago. She and her daughter were were completely dressed up, um, I think both as science officers. And their story was fascinating because their daughter, I think, had only been into Star Trek for about nine months at that point. But the whole reason they were at the Star Trek convention in Las Vegas was because she insisted on going. And that was born of Into Darkness. She saw Into Darkness and she loved it. And her her parents said, well, if you like that, probably you should see the first one. And she saw Star Trek 2009 and she loved it. And they said, well, if you like those, maybe you should really see where this came from. And then she proceeded to consume every bit of it. And I think her favorite captain, she said, was Spock. (laughs) <laughs> from when he was a captain in Star nice. Trek 2. So, I mean, awesome. she found her way in. I mean, it's really interesting, and I know you must have done this before, Kayla. You've, you've been to some of Larry's panels where he asked people to raise their hand and say, you know, why they're there. And there will invariably, he goes all the way down to the animated series, and invariably one or two people have found their way to a Star Trek convention because of the animated series. And so it all kind of grows from there. I do kind of worry about the possibility of, of oversaturation, which mm. is ridiculous. Yeah. All I've wanted is more Star Trek. And now part of me is like, oh, too much Star Trek, too much Star Trek. Because I don't want people to look back at it in two years and say, wow, that was a lot of money spent on, on very little return. Because that tends to be the way networks think. Really quickly, shout out to one of the suggestions in the uh, chat room, by the way. Uh, Star Trek in the city is what Carlos said, although <laughs> points off because personally, I think it's Star Treks in the city. Mm-hmm. But, you know, mm-hmm. that's just me. Nicely well done, Carlos. There, Carlos. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to your point, Ken, about oversaturation, I, I, I think that there's, from my sense of it, there's less of a risk of that now than there was 15, 20 years ago. When you had back-to-back series on the air, when you had Next Gen leading to DS9, leading to Voyager, leading to Enterprise, with not a break in between, and very few outlets to get those shows out there to the world, um, then you do start to feel franchise fatigue, particularly when you've got the same producers jumping from show to show to show. I think we live in a little bit different time now, though, where you've got some division, yes, you have Alex Kurtzman as uh, an overseer, but it sounds like you have him as an overseer putting together teams to develop these other projects. And those other projects can exist in their own spaces. Probably a lot of them are CBS All Access, but I think we consume our media online differently than we consume our media on TV or at films. And presumably some of this content would be in other places as well for download or for uh, home video purchase or or maybe even streaming on a different network. It's a much wider playing field now than it was when when those major shows were on the air. And, to your to your point, yeah. David in the chat room is actually saying uh, that he wouldn't worry about oversaturation at this point uh, if we're talking thirteen episode seasons. Yeah, uh, these are these are great to uh, fill gaps. Gaps were much smaller 
in the 1990s. Yeah, very true. You know, it, so it, it's a different playing field. And uh, then back to your point, Kayla, I um, I fully expect that there will be Star Trek that doesn't feel like, quote unquote, my Star Trek. Um, Discovery has met with so many mixed opinions and mixed feelings, and I'm really sympathetic to people who love that show or who hate that show. Because I think if the arguments are good to say, here's what I like about it, here's what I don't like about it, that's a great conversation to have. Mm-hmm. I'm less interested in somebody who just says like, well, it doesn't look right, so I'm not going to watch. Yeah, okay. totally. You don't really have an opinion on it at that point. Um, but I, all I really ask out of anybody who is attempting to do Star Trek in whatever format they choose to approach it is to stick with their vision. I don't want somebody's Star Trek vision to be based on what they think the fans want, because Mm. I can read our chat and tell you that the fans, at least in this tiny sliver, are all over the place, and they're not necessarily complementary ideas that fit together. So whoever the producer is, whatever writers that producer chooses, I hope they stick with what their vision is and and stick to the the artistic integrity of what they're trying to do. And if what you come up with is a show that is Starfleet Academy, and for whatever reason it doesn't appeal to me specifically, that's fine. Because I want that show to go find the audience that does uh, hold some appeal for it. Um, Earlier in tonight's show, I mentioned uh, uh, Star Wars Rebels and how that show is something that I've managed to miss in the, what, 15 years since it started? Something like that? I can't remember exactly no, Star Wars Rebels only started like two or three years well, ago. Well, you well, might be thinking of Clone Wars. Clone Wars, Clone Wars, yes. Yeah, that was that, about 10 years ago. That started, yeah. yeah, like a good decade ago or so. I haven't watched any of those because I felt like they just weren't for me. They didn't appeal to me. And yet I have people saying, no, 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 you really need to go back and watch these. They're great. And one day I will. One day when I'm not watching Star Trek. 15 hours a week. No, he won't. I will be able to go back and see No, he those. won't. He won't watch the Orville for crying out loud. <laughs> no matter how hard I try to get him to. Hey, uh, I hate to uh, stop us where we are, but I'm going to do that thing do again. It, the lightning it. round is coming up in just a moment. I know oh. Kayla Iacovino knows what the lightning round is. Oh, <clears throat> no, because Ken, when yeah, Kayla and I talked earlier we didn't, didn't, talk, didn't tell her yeah i didn't mention round. the yeah. lightning round yeah I'm sorry uh, before we get to the lightning round though after our show please stay on facebook and catch the live recording of priority one a rottenberry star trek podcast each tuesday at 11 eastern 8 pacific elijah kenna and anthony or some combination of those three maybe more maybe less it's tough to say from week to week but they bring you news from all over the star trek multiverse uh tv and movie news they <laughs> talked a lot about the kurtzman stuff last week actually gaming news they talk about that all the time literary reviews plus a whole lot more they kick off right after our show every tuesday night live on facebook so don't touch that place where the dial used to be. Just, uh, well, actually do go to a different part of Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Priority One Podcast. Settle in for Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, a part of the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Hey, Kayla, um, you mentioned earlier you're from the States, right? Yep. Yeah, I'm from the States. Okay, yeah. So you're familiar all with the them. idea of a lightning round. Is that like where I get zapped with lightning if I get a question wrong? That 
is incorrect. I'm sorry, <laughs> but you've already sort of begun. So what we're going to do is we're going to throw a bunch of questions at you and just as fast as you can answer them back if you would. Some are yes or no. Some are name a thing. Um, I'll give you an example. If I said favorite Star Trek series. Next generation. Okay. Favorite Star Trek bad guy. Uh, Khan. All right. Uh, favorite real life scientist. Mm, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Nice. Favorite fictional scientist could be Star Trek. May not be. Um, Doc Brown. Oh, wow. Good call. Yeah. That was a great answer. Call, right? Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, favorite warp speed. Uh, anything above 10 because salamanders. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, this is a multiple choice. Aichaya, Porthos, or Spot? Aichaya, 100%. Mm, nice. Favorite bad episode? Uh, Sub Rosa. Extranation Sub Rosa. Oh, the one oh. where Beverly is like haunted oh, by. We know the one. Yeah. We know the one. The sex ghost one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the Scottish theme park one, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Born Queen, yes or no? Can I answer meh? Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't think that's how the lightning round works. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's fine. And finally, the last question uh, the traditional last question Have you ever been to Vulcan, Alberta, Canada? Nope. No. Okay. okay we're day. back on that now. You're not alone, but we had more people. Honestly, if you had said yes, I would not have been surprised anymore because over the past few weeks, people are like, yeah, of course I've been. Here, <laughs> I've got the postcard. Here's a hundred pictures that I took when I was there. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. What town? Yeah. By the way, my favorite comment so far, Brett Dean, you get the prize tonight. Don't know what that prize is. Not really a prize. Don't contact me. Brett Dean says, honestly, it could be Federation Westminster dog show with a targ category, and I'd watch it every week. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Well, let me ask. Let me ask you, uh, Kayla, because you're you know thinking about all this stuff. You're talking about all this stuff a lot. What are you most excited about? Like, let's say, let's say all of the rumors are true or let's say none of the rumors end up true. And there's one that you really wish had happened. And I'm thinking movies, I'm thinking series, I'm thinking animation, uh, specifically, maybe the con thing, maybe the Picard thing. I mean, what, what is the thing that you think, Oh, that's the one for me. Cause we already know it's not Starfleet Academy. <laughs> yeah. Or Hey, maybe it is. I don't know. Um, maybe, wait, maybe it's an animated Starfleet Academy with a guest appearance by Captain Picard. The Wonder Years Starfleet Academy. Right. With Patrick. With a Targ show. <laughs> and people on stilts. People on stilts, yeah. yeah. All right, sorry, Kayla. Guys, limit. Um, <laughs> I, as far as the content opportunities, I think I'm most excited about the idea of miniseries, um, something that would go in between seasons of, of Discovery, um, because I think, so you do say like a four to six episode miniseries, and that gives you the opportunity to to target a really specific thing in the franchise like Khan or Old Man Picard or something like that. Because I, I don't need seven seasons of what Khan was doing, you know, on SETI Alpha 5. I don't, I don't care. I don't need to watch that for seven years. But I'll watch six episodes of that. You know, or I'll watch five episodes of Old Man Picard, I don't know, getting married to Beverly, whatever happened in that in-between time that we never heard about. Um, but I will say, and I've said this before, and I'll probably say it again, 
I will watch eight years of a show if I can see one scene with Whoopi Goldberg as Guinan. Ooh, okay. Big Guinan fan. Nice. And because she could work in literally any show of Star Trek pretty much that could ever be made because her species is so long lived. Mm -hmm. You know, she could be in anything from Enterprise to, you know, Voyager or beyond. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I have to agree with you there that I, I'm excited at the prospect of miniseries. Um, there are so many good limited run series these days. And if you could just <clears throat> knock everything into like a, a four or six hour format where you tell a complete story from beginning to end. And then I don't need it anymore. It just, it filled a need. It served a purpose. It, it explored a character and then you're done. Mm-hmm. I think I'm most excited about the prospect of new animation. Just because with animation, you can do anything. And animation is so good now and such a flexible format now. The only thing that was wrong with Star Trek, the animated series, was the animation. The filmation, yes. Yeah, yeah. But the stories were very Star Trek. And they got all the actors back. And that was great. Well, with a couple of exceptions, they got all the actors back. Um I would love to see Star Trek animated almost fill that role of the short format series because you don't need to build a bunch of standing sets, which they've done an amazing job on discovery with. I mean, they they take up so many stages. They have these huge multi-level sets that are just down to the last detail. But with animation, tell a story set between TOS and the motion picture, tell a story set between, um, Star Trek Six and Next Generation. Tell any stories from any of those times where otherwise it would be cost prohibitive to mm-hmm. just build that entire world in physical space. Go do it in animation. There, there's think, nothing stopping you from doing that. I think another key thing for me on the animation side is this idea that I kind of mentioned before where you can bring talent back much easier and you don't have to care about how much they've aged since the show. So Patrick Stewart can come back and play Picard at pretty much any age because voices don't age the way that, that your looks do. Um, So that just gives them a whole, you know, that uh, there's just, there's like you said, there's so much flexibility with what you can do with it. It's cheaper. You can do things. You could have, you know, uh, 80,000 tardigrades flying through space <laughs> and, and you can bring back all of these people. You know, if you wanted to do a, a, a series about Beverly Crusher's early life, you could easily get Gase McFadden to come back and voice that role. For example. Yeah. I'm going to make think? the case for Starfleet Academy. Ready? Okay. All right. All right. Here's the case for Starfleet Academy. First of all, you have all these kids who are in class, Right. And they can actually, we can follow them to movies. We can follow them to other series. We can follow them to their first posting on a ship. It could be like that Below Deck series that a lot of people say that they would like to see as well. Mm-hmm. Though you've got the, the people who are teaching at Starfleet Academy. One assumes that they've been to space and they've come back. What's their story? What I really like about it is the chances to take a look at what's happening today and cast it as history and talk about how we got through that. Talk about, you know, this is something that we thought at a time. This is a way that we acted at a time. And this is how we were able to get through it. Or talk about how close we came to the precipice. I mean, it's almost an easier way to tell the kind of stories that TOS told than the way that TOS took. Because we can look at today and go, wow, 
I'm glad we got through that. And then maybe even offer a couple of ways that we might have uh, might have been able to do that. I hate this. We're done. Ugh. I don't mean we're done because I hate it. I mean, I hate that we're out of time. Kayla, can you remind people where they can find you? Like if there's a if there's a Twitter thing you want to share or what URL or where you want them to go to learn all things. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you can get all your Star Trek news from us at trackmovie.com. You can hear me and my cohorts, um, the crew of the Shuttle Pod on the Shuttle Pod podcast every couple of weeks um you can find us also on like twitter facebook instagram all the normal stuff at trek movie uh you can follow me on twitter as well at kayla i um tweeting about volcanoes and star trek pretty much and bad jokes friends thank you for joining us tonight we hope you will join us again next week we'd just like to sign off by reminding you that mission log live is produced by roddenberry entertainment executive producer rod roddenberry technical production on mission log live is by infinity networks producer brandon bradley be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from the roddenberry podcast network including not just mission log but also women at work priority one the trek files and this little show mission log live Thanks to everyone who joined us live or later. We'll talk to you next week. Podcast.roddenberry.com. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.